1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
0: Zizoko, okay. finally waited. Erickson, low, great right ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Samson Sanchez, Lucas Mora. And belted into the Italian goal On debut Tom Gale and Has scored the equaliser for Spolaro Let's take it out of the way Lucas Moura Clips it Oh, great goal Steven Farfine has arrived in North London That is absolutely incredible on debut oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 from from Salazar. First goal Kane, good area for Spurs. Kane trying to break the tube. Wow! What a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamela. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley backline. Son breaks forward. Oh wow! What a run! Yedmanyson from inside his own half has scored. One of the best goals of his Spurs career.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome. To another episode of Touchline Hotspur. Got a lovely cast here with us today and a lot of content. Um, got two games to go through. Um, what is it? Seven goals, I think it was in total. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that.
3: We'll get to that in a sec. How are you doing, Tops? How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, brother. Good. Bit of a mixed week. They cooked me up nice, nice and well yesterday on the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I cheated yeah, to man. some of that stuff. <laughs> I'm here, brother. I'm here. What can I say, man? I'm here. Still here. Come on, hold in your own. Teach
4: how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. There's a lot of emotions going through me at the moment. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just doing my best to try and stay grounded, try <laughs> and stay calm, try and stay composed. But good to be here, all the same. Good, good, good. Good to see you, man.
2: I'm doing my best, um, like Ancelotti impression with the teacup today. Say, how you
5: doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. Had a shave before the pod, you know, just the usual vibes shining on them. Come uh, on. yeah, man, we'll get into the real real shit today, man.
6: Cool, 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 cool. And Oen, how you doing, bro? Not too bad, not too bad. I have to front out what's going to be quite a shaggy trim, but... <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm all okay, good man.
2: More okay. good. Cool, 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 cool. I think I think today we should probably jump in right at the deep end. I'm thinking um Spurs West Brom. Um Spurs 2-0. Like let's just start let's start there. Um I think I think we were coming we were coming off the back of some let's say dodgy results. So going into this one <laughs> going into this one there's a bit of an, a bit of animosity um si, do you want to take us into this game
5: yeah so uh, we were coming off three consecutive losses uh, which is pretty shabby form if you if you ask me um obviously we needed the win there was a lot of chatter before the game of whether or not this was going to be Potentially the sword that Mourinho died on. Um, And obviously, we managed to weather that storm a little bit.
2: Before you continue, though, did did anyone here believe we were going to lose? I I need to actually know, though.
6: I didn't believe we were going to lose. Nah, I'd have been disappointed to lose that. I would have been disappointed. Sam Allardyce?
2: Yeah. Nah, I didn't want to see it.
5: I'm not going to lie, man. Like, part of me wanted <laughs> to see what the fallout was going to be. I can't lie. <laughs> if, if, if if the agenda is going to go, the agenda is going to go. Do you get me? Um, I hear that, sport. But yeah, for the most part, there was uh, a little bit of Tinkerman at the back. You had Sanchez coming back into the, into the side after mm-hmm. Dyer's performance prior. Um, we saw Lamella and Lucas Mora come back into the team after their little cameo that sort of pushed a lot of debate as to whether or not they needed to be starting. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the main man, Harry Kane, uh cheese string ankles back into the side as well, albeit p- prematurely. Um so yeah, it was a changed side and we saw we saw the results of that on the pitch.
2: Do you guys think um Mourinho told Kane like come on that like, bro? It's life or death right now. Like I need you on the pitch. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how Kane got back on the pitch so fast. Like to me, if it feels rushed. I know, I know. I don't know. Like when you when you saw the injury, like what what did you think? What did you think was how, how long did you think uh, Kane would be out for?
6: Boy, I mean, it didn't look great. I mean, they were saying it was both of his ankles, not just the one, which sounded like double jeopardy to me. So. Usually, he's out on average for at least well, three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I was thinking at least that, at least that. So, like, he, he coming to into the side today. He was rushed back. But, I mean, we needed him. Um, I thought he looked quite rusty in the first half as well, but it was one of those. Um, Lamella at a 10, I was surprisingly impressed with as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so I think straight away, I think even the biggest lamella detractors will admit, like, off, coming off the back of three losses, if you need someone to give you at least a little bit of oomph and urgency, bring him into the team. And I, I was all for it. And straight away, to be fair, he made us a much more cohesive unit, just purely off his presence. Um, Kane, he... <laughs> He looked like he he'd been rested and hungry, but he didn't look too sharp. Like he was dropping deep quite a few times to get us playing. Um, he lost the ball most of the time, um, but again, it's like that Bruno Fernandes effect. At least he was actually trying and get us going. And uh, there was quite a few chances created for him in the first half through um, obviously good play from us. Like Lamela gave us that drive where we were able to like sustain pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think he epitomised the team playing better and just getting braver to play on the front foot. Although I thought, like I thought, to be fair, West Brom were cowards. Sam Allardyce overcompensated. He he invited way too much pressure on that he needed. So I thought we were there to be got at, especially with the new centre back partnership, which we well, it's not new, but we changed it again. I thought that like, he could have at least uh, got his team to play on the front foot more against us to test us a bit, but we were creating chance after chance. Um, even if Lamella created a great chance for Kane. Aurier created a great chance for Kane. Uh, I, I w- like a few people were arguing to say they weren't clear cut chances. To me, I felt like they were clear cut for Kane. Mm-hmm. But again, like even though they were both, like, at least two of them were on his left foot and he, he spread it wide, he would have wanted to do better, but, again, like, even though we went into half-time at 0-0, I was confident we would go on to get a result coming into the second half. Yeah, I think um, I was I was a little bit disappointed with
2: some of the Kane shots, just because, like, we've, we've seen Kane score them, and I came into the game with that sort of animosity as well, just thinking, like, is it too early for him, that kind of thing, sort there was that that feeling. I think. Um, I mean, tops. Take take us take us forward on Ndombele. Watch What's Endon looking like in the West in the West Brom match. On, on mute, bro. Uh,
3: sorry, bro. Um, I, I think he's doing all right. I think like uh, he's he, he got another He got another ninety under his belt. Um, Mourinho obviously gets against a bit of an inferior. So opposition decided to go with him as a two Alongside a very impressive Hojberg Which I thought was good No, I thought he done well um, Put himself about Got himself into decent areas Throughout the game uh, But again, like 90 against a midfield of Snodgrass and Romain Sawyers I'm not really yeah. I'm, I'm not really writing home about If I'm honest But, you know, at the end of the day man, 90 minutes under his belt uh, And a win I'm here for it, bro I
2: can't lie man, you're playing Arsenal right backs in your in your midfield. Deserve to lose man. Um, <laughs> teacher, teacher. Before we get into the next game, man, tell me what you think what you thought of um the the Sanchez and Toby partnership that like, what were you thinking seeing that?
4: Um It works better than I expected it to, is is probably how I start that off. Um there were times where defensively, you know, we we were letting people through on goal, which perhaps could have been avoidable. Um, but ultimately, to keep a clean sheet, you've always got to walk away from that with your head held high, um, especially, you know, against Sam Allardyce's teams who are known for grinding out a result one way or another. Um I thought it was a good opportunity for Sanchez to not shit the bed, and to be fair, he didn't. With sort of Eric Dyer seemingly frozen out for the time being, he he grabbed the opportunity by both hands. To be fair to him, and and you see Sanchez, (laughs) both hands. Yeah. Yeah. So, no,
2: not even to cut you off, but I clocked something from Sanchez. Yeah, he's got a new defending technique in that game. Yeah. <laughs> he was just grabbing Donny and throwing him offside, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, hand, yeah, 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 yeah he
0: just
4: yeah, threw yeah, yeah. him offside. Like. I was, I was laughing, but, if but it I rated was that though. i was I rated that point. though. I rated that because he, he made sure that he was he was offside. He nudged him in the back. He kept he kept he kept on the right side of the pitch. So I I give him his credit there. And to be fair, he's got a lot to prove, hasn't he, Sanchez? Because he, he doesn't look like the favourite for Mourinho. Um, but one thing I think we're seeing more and more now is Mourinho is rotating the squad. He's he's, he's making it very clear that if you fuck up, you're going to lose your position. Um, and I think that's a good situation to be in personally because I think it means if managed correctly, then everyone plays to the best of their potential. But on the flip side, if managed incorrectly, then no one plays well and no one gets any consistency. Um, and then we just got a team that don't know who's playing. So it could go either way but hopefully it goes the right way for us. But yeah, Sanchez and uh, been 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 the
5: wrong way for a while now, like <laughs> I think that, I think that's why our form has been so spotty is there's very limited continuity, especially at the back. It's mm. like all it takes is one mistake and then he's pulling man and putting in next man in his position. Like we've seen Sizoko deputize that right back instead of just playing your recognized full backs. Because of mistakes and stuff like that, so I don't know, man. It's, it's negatively affected us up until this point. Hopefully, it improves. Hopefully, there is some sort of a partnership built at the back because we can't continue being so woeful, man. And obviously, this this particular game we didn't we didn't concede, but mate, it was still still couple shaky moments. Mm.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think. Um it's it's interesting as well, like what what the whole Orie situation is with Mourinho, like is is everything okay? Um, Doherty came in, had that little cameo. Still don't think it was anything amazing um, at the time, but good to see. Just good to see the guys getting some minutes, man. And then he he started the next match, I think, um, which was the Everton game in the um, in the League Cup. F uh, A Cup. FA Cup, sorry, yeah, FA Cup. And um yeah, we've we've gone into that game. I think we played a really strong side. We've we've got um I think Doherty started had the same back to um Sanchez Alderood, uh you had Ben Davis, left back, uh, the midfield and Dombele, and then it was Lamela Mora again, right?
6: And Kane. No Kane. Uh, uh, Lamella, Lamela, uh,
2: Bertrand. Oh, oh Bertrand, sorry, Lamela, Bertrand, Bertrand's son. That's the one. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um And I think Everton played a really strong side as well. So um going into the going into that game, teacher, or
4: like, wh- how are you thinking? Are you how are you feeling about the formation? um mm. Yeah, I mean, the question is, is Kane going to play? That, that's always the first question whenever I see a team put out by Mourinho. And he didn't play him, so that you, you, I don't know. You ask, you're asking yourself, you know, did he be rush came back for the for the West Brom for the West Brom game? If, if that's the case, um, boy, hey, do you know what? I thought we started well. We started well. We looked bright for the first ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes even, and um, you know, we saw set pieces go away, which is something I hadn't seen in a long time. <laughs> um, but it just seemed like at one stage. We lost control and just kept trying to regain it, but ultimately couldn't. And I feel as if Lamela played excellent. Lamela played a good game. We've been we've been crying out for someone in the middle of this park to be creative and to be that link-up player, and and we had that. But then on the flip side, what we didn't have is that that sturdy hurricane to to, to finish it all off. Um, Son let me down a little bit. To be fair, I think you know from what I expect of him, I, I expected a better performance. Bergerin, he always looks like he's active. He always looks like he's doing the right thing, but I just don't see the results that we need. Whenever he's in front of goal, I feel like his confidence just leaves him. Um, Hoiberg did not play at the level that I've I've seen him play at. Um, I have to say, it. I felt, you know, what he's known for, which is, you know, breaking down play and, and, and stopping people from making those advanced runs and, and just being a general disruptor. Well, I mean, we conceded, what, five goals. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to give him that. But he didn't, by his own admission, he didn't play to the, to the, to the level that we've known him for. Undembele didn't play particularly well either, to be fair to him. Um, you know, he was average. For, do you know what? To be fair, it was, abund- it was an average performance by most of us. Bar and Sanchez because you got two goals off the set piece, but at the same time you can't <laughs> really give him credit. You can't give him credit. You though, can't give him credit. Five yeah, like
5: when, well. you, when you, five, you don't get. Yeah, 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 you,
4: you don't can't. get nothing, you just bro. Can't. <laughs> you just can't you just can't. So it was it was disappointing because it means a lot to us as Spurs. Like we're always banging on about how badly we need a trophy. We've got an opportunity here to progress and we fucked it. We come up against the Everton side who man for man ain't better than us, um, but. You know they beat us and and they look better doing it as well. To be fair, they ultimately the better team won on the day. So well, you know, you can't put your hands up and say it was a L. The way I see it, we got
2: bodied. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I, I feel like we got bodied and we got bodied. Like if there was an eyewitness, the eyewitness would have said, "Boy, I saw them little three just before half time."
3: You get me, <laughs> me. When he tried to bust back He
2: tried to bust back But, but You get me might, You might even Hit him But Boy he's not oh. Looking good right now That's what they Would have said it? And I think I think We'd be doing We'd be doing Ourselves an Injustice here If we don't get An inquiry going Into like What happened In that match in it. Because I don't see How you score Four goals hmm. And concede
3: Five no man, like, uh, like I, I, said yesterday on Discord, like, I don't really, I'm never, I've never been a fan of like these cricket, these cricket type scores. Mm. I feel like it's, it's like a negative sort of showing from both sides. Um, I've always been of the mentality that if you go, if you go away from home and you ha- and you have to concede three or four goals you don't really deserve to win the game. Um, but I do feel like there was aspects of our game yesterday that I was quite impressed with. It was just the the boneheaded, brain-farty nature whereby you know some of our defensive players seem to want to give away lots of these individual errors. And these are the ones that continually just bite us in the arse. Like yesterday, we had 29 shots. We had, I think, I, I think 12 or 13 on target. Yeah. I, I think I saw a stat today on Twitter, like the XG was like triple of what Everton's Ever, Everton was. So Everton, if you look at it from another perspective, were extremely clinical. They took pretty much all the chances that basically befell them. And we were very poor in front of goal. But then yeah. it still doesn't take away from the fact that we conceded five goals, man, in a single game. Um and in my opinion I think uh teacher was very right. I thought I thought Lamella played very well. I thought there was very good like combination play between our front four. I thought that they all played sort of their part. Kane come on, got his goals, you know, son was very was was, was good in parts. But again we just constantly seem to let ourselves down with these individual errors and just shoot ourselves in the foot. Um as a couple of players that I don't think no, so let's uh, let's hone in, in on some of these errors. Let's hone in on some of these errors, thoughts. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think
2: I think we might have to start naming names, and I, I want to start.
3: True I want to start Lloris.
2: personally at number
5: one. Yes, see he he's <laughs> <says, says laughs> on, <laughs> on <our, laughs> my right now. That's you man. gotta start at number one, sir. Come, it's, come, it's, please, come. it's been a minute. It's been a minute since like I've I've had to really think. Did Lloris like was he taking a couple of swigs from his flask? And then lead up to the game I know he's, he's probably still not allowed to drive yet So he wasn't drink driving So we wasn't right there But I'm pretty certain that he had a couple swigs Because man was moving very, very, very waved And not in the right way He got a hand to at least three of those goals All Right and I know it, it is a little bit harsh to say If a keeper gets a hand to it Then he should save it There are certain circumstances where that's not the case but the first goal was literally right down his throat. Right down his throat. And he's just palmed it into the net. Is that a Calvert lewis one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And up until that point, as, as Topps alluded to, like the inter, the interplay that we had between our front four was crisp. It, it had a bit of tempo to it. We looked dangerous. We got our goal. But lo and behold, a couple minutes later, we're conceding. So it's, it's the same old shit to be perfectly honest, man. Like, when we do play well, when we are in the ascendancy, people will either lose their heads or just make, make these sort of unmitigated errors and it puts us three steps back. And it's been this way all season and whether it's a mentality thing, whether it's just rotten luck, who the fuck knows? But at this point, somebody's got to start being accountable and on on this occasion, it's got to be Hugo. Mm.
6: Mm. No, I, so I, the, think, I, think, I think I can definitely agree with that. Like, um... Would we say oh. the Viking is blameless in for the first goal though? Because I would say that that heavy touch in the position he did, like he he took mm. some heavy touch to on the left channel. He he just didn't see the yeah. core there. Mm. And even if he had just had a tidy first touch, he wouldn't have lost the ball. He wouldn't have been dispossessed. But once he took that touch in front of him, the core was just onto him, mm. and then just played that ball through. Like I like I think if we're gonna blame which we are likely to blame a certain someone for the fifth goal, <laughs> then well, I'm sure we'll get on that if, we'll get um, there, we'll get if, if I don't have too much of a repressed memory. Um, I think Huibia was the root cause of that first goal, purely I just from taking that bad of a touch in that position.
2: Is, I think, is, it, is it fair to say, if we're saying Lloris was probably the worst player on the pitch that day, is it fair to say Hojbjerg was the second
0: worst? I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. For for me,
3: for me, we're like, just
2: talking about um, before, before extra time, by the way. Just, just uh, the, <laughs> the <laughs>
3: night, yeah, night Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say. Just the, <laughs> the night, night in the... Cool extra time.
6: I can not recall extra time. The
3: lights are being shone yeah. on certain men. Let's just say that, man. The, the thing about,
5: about Hojbjerg's game in general, like his style of play leaves a lot to be desired for me as, as someone who likes disciplined like defensive midfielders if you like. He's he's not that, he is literally like your sort of box-to-box disruptor type guy um, and that puts a lot of pressure on guys like Ndombele to find defensive positions to cover and that's not his strength, so that dynamic in midfield still needs a little bit of work and it will only come through repetition, but when it doesn't go right for guys like Hoybier, the spotlight is just very, very, very bright. Like yeah. you're you're looking at you're looking at like the brightest LEDs for that <laughs> type of chip. Yeah,
2: HD. if you miss
5: if you miss that first tackle, every action after that just makes you look like you're so much further out of position. And that, that was the case all game. He just looked like he was a mile away from the plate at all times.
2: Uh, definitely saw that. Definitely saw that. And then, um, so I mean, like it, it got like regardless of which of the two we blame the most, I think they're both to blame for the first one. And then I think you could say the whole team dropped their heads a little bit after this, and it got a bit it got a bit sickening for the next five minutes until um, I think we made this point uh, um, when we were talking about the West Brom match. Like Lamella did kind of like. Try to rally the guys up a bit, a bit more, if you get what I mean. Like he's, he's one of them, just that fiery kind of presence, kind of thing. Um, and that was something we needed at that time because I feel like heads were down. If Lamella didn't get that goal before halftime, it could have got embarrassing. Seriously, could have got embarrassing, man. Even, um,
5: even, more, embarrassing.
2: even yeah, more embarrassing. Yeah, 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 yeah. More, <laughs> much more embarrassing. But you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. At this point, I still didn't think we were gonna lose. I can't remember who was saying in the chat as well. Like, don't worry, we're gonna smash them. Like. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I probably don't respect Everton enough in it. Like I, I remember, even in the last, the first match of the um, season when we played them, I thought we would smash them that day as well. Like I'm probably not not giving them enough respect. But I feel like we like if you take away the mistakes, individual mistake goals, I feel like we've done enough to win this game. And that's why I wanted to go so much in detail and like, do you get what I mean? Like talk about certain individuals because I think yes, there were so many opportunities to win this game. Yeah, um, I could even
6: go cuz yeah, yeah sorry I didn't mean to no, go, no, 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 I just mean I just I I thought in the lead up to the first goal just before that I was thinking to myself watching it I was like we're actually showing a really really good degree of control here because we kind of went back to the kind of principles which saw us scoring a lot of goals but still holding a kind of somewhat deeper line Mm-hmm. Um we could plan of play that like kind of clever clever style under Mourinho and still score goals. There was actually a plan of attack and even while we were wondering what we still looked at the more likely team to score, so that was the frustrating thing. Um just kind to the second goal as well, like if we're doing uh, an inquest to all of them, like there was a bad reaction to a bad clearance. I think it was from Sanchez. Um he kind of just headed it into the middle of the pitch and they were just much better at getting to those second balls whenever we did do well whenever we did have poor clearances mm-hmm. um, and however however he'd done it with and managed to squeeze a shot from near to the area through Older Byward's legs um, and I, I wanted to touch on the penalty as well because for some reason there was there was quite a lot of debate amongst the punditry where I, I didn't feel like that was a penalty at all like I felt Huibia had a bad game overall but he got very unlucky with that penalty yeah. So when I, I I actually went down to to make a quick coffee when it was uh, when it was one one I came back up and Sigurdsson's lining up to take a penalty to make it three one and I see the replay and I, that's when my head started to get hot. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought the decision to award that penalty uh, to make it a kind of unjustified scoreline um, that Lamella actually did very well to save in the end. It was unjustified. Like, I, I just don't feel like that was a penalty at all. I, I just don't think he sees Calvert Lewin there. I think Calvert Lewin's done well to win the penalty. He's felt that like bit of contact and gone over. Fair play. That like, the game is the game. But again, like, I, I just think that's no, no. There's no way that was a penalty.
2: Anywhere else on the pitch, I don't even think it gets called as a foul. To be honest. No, it's just yeah, it was just the momentum of the game. It was just going that kind of way. And like like I said, man, when you miss those tackles and you're under the spotlight, you know what I mean.
5: One hundred percent, me. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. That, that, that was a harsh. That was a harsh moment. I think. I think from there it just went downhill for him. It just started to snowball, and obviously, he he just couldn't find any sort of solace out of the rest of the game. Pretty much like after that, you could just tell he couldn't really, really just turn it back.
2: Yeah. Wait, did we talk about Alderweireau getting nutmeg
3: For the second we've we'll we'll it Oh, <sighs> Don't man. It. We've seen this though, like, you know, he's never been a front foot kind of defender. He's always been mm. someone that's more than happy to, he's happy to shadow you and to jockey you, and when he needs to make a tackle, he will. And I suppose that was the Tongan's sort of strength alongside him. He always used to be the front foot defender would put his body on the line. Wouldn't allow the defenders, wouldn't allow the attacker to make a decision for him, you know. And, and that, in that position, you know, I'm looking at Richarlison. Richarlison's not going to hit it on his left. He's just going to try and find any little pocket of space and pop off. And Alderweireld, hands behind his back as we always know he does, doesn't put any pressure on Richarlison. And, it, you know, all of a sudden we're 2-1 we're down. I mean, I, just, I can't say any more on, on this defence, man. I just can't. Mm. I'm just so disappointed at the moment. I feel like games like this, you can see our defence fully implode. You know, in those in those few moments with regards to the goal, the first goal, you kind of lose the confidence from the keeper, then you have the mistake from the uh, from the from the Charleston goal, and then all of a sudden we're conceding a penalty... And you can understand, yes, it would be easy for players' heads to just go down, but then you want someone to sort of pull these guys through and be like, literally, literally continue, continue, continue. But time and time again, and we keep talking about it, and I know it's like, probably sounds so repetitive, but we can't keep giving these guys excuses because there seems to be every single week we're conceding goals and there's every single week it's an individual error. And I just don't think it's acceptable, man, like, I don't know, maybe people are not giving, like, Mourinho a bit of credit because he probably saw this. And, I don't know, in a bigger picture, we might be looking at him and saying if he had the defenders that he wanted, we would be playing in a certain way that he wanted. But because he clearly can see that the defence is not strong enough, the personnel we have to boot isn't strong enough, he can't effectively allow the players to do what he probably maybe would want them to do, you know? Mm. I think yeah yeah I think I think
2: it's it's definitely between the two somewhere it's just i don't I don't know I don't know where how far it sits to, to either side, if you get what I mean, um, just to like kind of wrap up the game, I think the next goal was Sanchez again, But well, I can't um, that goal, I can't remember it,
3: um, um, Citizen, yeah just he, after he came, he came, he came found around. it, and then uh he's done a reverse ball over uh Davison Sanchez, Davison Sanchez has left Richarlison to his right and Richarlison has, yeah, hit it into the far post across the race, uh to make it 4-2. Yeah.
5: It was a good finish. It, it was, was a good finish. finish. Yeah. yeah. Can minutes. I ask, Paul, well,
4: whilst, we're, whilst we're talking about how disappointed in people we are, I need to say this. I need to get this off my chest. For a long time, I've been calling for my boy Adele, you know, For a long mm-hmm. time, he's saying, bring on. Let him play in that number 10 role. Let him be that creative force that we've been lacking, that we've been needing. Let him be that link-up guy. He came on and was completely... completely just just ghost, just ghost, I, I didn't see him, I didn't see him, he, barely, he had no influence on the game, to be fair, there was, he. he I'm going to say his positioning was okay, but no one fed him, there was one opportunity he had in the box where Kane should have passed, but he went for goal as Kane typically does, um, and beyond that, I didn't see him have any influence in the game at all, and I was so disappointed in him, because I love Deli Ellie. I think he's awesome, but You know, for someone who really needs to be grabbing games by the fucking neck and telling Mourinho, listen, you need to play me, mate, he did did his cause no justice whatsoever. Yeah, I fully agree, man.
1: Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits.
3: No, it's not. It's not like again. I'm a big fan of 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 Dele. Was, yeah, I just like like yesterday. I don't know when I saw him come on. I felt he was largely anonymous. Didn't really get into any positions. I kind of was hoping him to. But one thing I did find was that he was sort of playing in a role a bit further than what he usually does. And I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but when he came on, there was a lot of crosses from our from our flanks sort of areas. Um, and we just kept flying crosses in. Um, I don't know, maybe in the hope of, of finding finding him. There was a lot of times Kane really wasn't in and around the box, probably in like deeper positions. And I felt that maybe he was trying to use the fact that Delhi does like making them sort of second man runs, um, like off the back of the defenders. But uh, you, as as you said, Teach man, it just it goals. didn't work yesterday. It, it, he almost looked as if. He was in a team of players that he doesn't really know, and yeah. admittedly so, man. Because Sai always he always says about this is a guy who's been playing with certain guys consistently for years. So for him to come in and play with players that he doesn't play with regularly in a team that he doesn't play regularly, you can't really expect him to suddenly come on and and change the game like dramatically. You know, like he's probably just happy to bloody. Be, to be playing in the first place, do you know, like?
5: I just think in in a, in a game like that, where there's been so many go- goals flying left, right and centre, it is difficult for you to put on like a midfield player, I would, I'd, I'd class him as in this particular system. It's hard for them to really get into the game and just change it. Unless you're someone like Lamella, who's just a little bit headless and you run around, you foul people from the wrong side. You retrieve the ball and then you you, you sort of jockey, pull, roll, and like just hit hopeful balls. Like Delhi's game is a lot more methodical than that, so it is more about space and uh, running into interesting positions and combining with other players. We had no control over that game at that point, so for me, it was like a foregone conclusion. It's another one of those situations where if you're expecting a player to show their worth. Maybe give them a start here and there. Maybe maybe put the system in place for them to flourish as opposed to just going, all right, young'un, do your thing. Hope for the best. See you later, chap. Like, it's not going to work. We know what Delhi needs at this point. He's not getting it. It's up to him and the club to figure out the best way to get him into form or get a little bit of return value for him so he doesn't just peter out into a Jesse Lingard or some bullshit like that.
2: Well, speaking of what Delhi needs, Mourinho's next two substitutions were were just the icing on the cake, to be honest. So
5: <laughs> yeah. he doesn't need Tizoko on the fucking flank, that's for sure. That's that's for
0: sure. That
2: oh, and you know what? Like, I know, I know he he played a small part in what happened in this game, but I mean, it's so cool, man. Like, I, sometimes I really wonder where's this guy's head at, like. I don't know if you guys have seen the clips going around like on um I think I put in the group actually of Sisoko like hiding from the other players like he doesn't want people to, to to be able to pass him the ball like he's acting like he's marking strikers standing in their shadow so Lloris can't pass to him and things like that. Like it's getting pathetic, man. It's like it's I don't know if that's part of the whole thing, like the team are not it feels like the team are not playing for each other. I think that's the point I'm trying to make. There was a point when Sissoko first came where people were like really disappointed in him. And then um, I feel like he made a change. He made a, a serious change on the Pochettino. And there was a time where I felt like Sissoko was the most available player on the pitch, regardless of who we were playing. Like, if he didn't have the ball, he wanted the ball. He was moving always. He was always available. Um, he was almost playing a bit like more, more like a box-to-box player than he plays now. Um, but, yeah, now... I just started on Sissoko because I know where we're heading after this.
3: but <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> alright let's let's, let's let's just call it a spade this way. like let's get into
5: Harry it. Winks and Musa Sissoko's best spell in the team was when we literally had nothing else mm. they managed to form a partnership that partnership played a part in us getting to a Champions League final cool that's a part of history that will be how they're remem- remembered from a positive standpoint since then though it's been a bit sticky, and the main reason for that is Musa Suzuko, if you ask me. You can't be a centre midfielder who can't play a forward pass. You can't be a centre midfielder who shades his body only to their dominant side. You can't be a centre midfielder who can't <clears throat> basically move, move fluidly to get out of a tight situation. He's not a centre midfielder. You can't be a right-back if you're not willing to receive the ball. You can't be a right-back if you're not willing to beat a man one-on-one. Mm. You can't be a right-back if you can't cross. You can't be a right-back if you can't defend. So what the fuck is this guy's position at this point? He's not a center midfielder. he's not a right-back, but those are the two positions we find him in every flipping game. And it's getting tedious. It's getting really, really tedious. And for me, like the, the question got posed as to whether or not we want to see like more of Doherty or... Do we regret getting rid of Carl Walker-Peters? And I'm just saying, like, Serge Aurier is the only person on that right-hand side that does anything worth even even mentioning in games. Okay. Doherty's always an anonymous. Sizoko's fucking anonymous. Like, both of them at this point are on, like, on, like, that, that borrowed time type of vibe. Yeah.
0: Mm.
5: It's a little bit harsh on Doherty, but at the same time, he got brought into to challenge for that first, first starting spot. And he's not done it yet.
3: Nope, he hasn't, bro. He hasn't.
6: Bro. No, he's he's turned into a bit of a utility man now, and I'd say a bit. It's that's it not even miss my words. He's turned into a utility man now. But um, before we do break down the uh, the fifth goal, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on the the fourth goal because I think a lot of people turned to Sanchez um, as the error for the fourth goal, and it was it was another time where we looked like we were showing. Um, fairly decent control and looking like the more likely team to score and it was again like a a kind of poor clearance which came back into our area, we were slow to react and then Richarlison gets the ball on the edge of the box now Sanchez looked to me at first like he was quite slow to react and then Richarlison just ran in behind him and it it was actually a very good finish from Richarlison I have to say but when I, um when I looked at it a few more times, like I see Sanchez at least holding the line. He's in line with the rest of the defenders, and it was fair play. And Toby Alderweireld was doing what Harry Maguire got slated for <laughs> intensely yeah. against Everton. He's about two or three yards behind the line, playing him on side, um and. I don't know, I'd say that was more, it was mostly a communication, miscommunication, sorry, between the two centre backs, in my opinion. And probably, I'd say, if uh, you believe in the whole defenders should hold the line and uh, that should be like the priority thing for them to do in that situation, and I'm a believer in that, then I'd say Toby was more at fault than Sanchez, but. Again, it's mostly down to miscommunication, I think. But at the end of the day, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on that as well. I mean, I'll
5: I'll, I'll go if no one else will, because I've got a lot to say about Toby at this point. Like A lot gets made about Eric Dyer's mistakes and all of this shit, but I've been saying it all year. <laughs> Eric Dyer stands as our best centre-back currently at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. It's very, very simple. There's more... Too defending and just making last stitch tackles
6: mm.
5: and and looking glamorous on the ball and at that at this point, Toby's even struggling to do those things. Like mm.
0: yeah. Yeah. during
5: during the time where Vatongen was there, me personally, I felt like he carried that partnership. Like you could you could pair Jan Vatongen with any other centre back in a in a Tottenham shirt, whether it was Eunice Kabul or fucking. Shit, you could have you could paired him with Michael Dawson and he would have looked fucking brilliant. Mm, Sanchez mm. misses him as well. I Precisely. Think. It's like no matter who the partner was, Vertonghen always stood as a pillar of a, of our defence. No one can sit there and tell me that. The same can be said about Toby. And um. when, when you are in your 30s, that should be the bare minimum of what you're doing is instructing your right back where to go if you're playing on the right hand side, your left back if you're playing on the left. Telling your defensive midfielder where to be, actually communicating with your centre back partner. This guy does not open his mouth. You can you can see him after after mistakes going. He's just sort of this right. is a
6: good point. I was hoping you'd touch on this as well because I just remembered he was looking right across the line as well when he was uh, yeah. dropping deeper. And then after they scored. Him and Ben Davis, like I didn't see Toby or Sanchez say a word to each other immediately after Nothing. the goal. It was more like oh shit. And then Toby and Ben Davis are pleading with the referee, like asking him to check VA offside. I'm like, brother, you were looking across the line. <laughs> you were looking directly across the line. You chose to drop deeper mm, and now you're bro. throwing your arms up and not taking accountability. So yeah, it is quite telling. Like I, I chop and change my mind who is our best centre back on almost a daily basis. But like it, it's it's so evident now. Like I, I didn't realise it until Jan left that like, how how void that Toby He by World's leadership skills are. They they are just non existent. It's insane.
3: He's fallen off a cliff, really. Like his form has completely fallen off a cliff. I mean, I don't I don't know whether it's about the A thing or just after signing his contract, but I mean, he's he's no longer the player that we once trusted. Um, yeah. I really, I don't, I like think about when he doesn't play, and I think, okay, we need to get him back in the team, and then he plays like he did last night, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is just deadwood now. We're just holding on to this for no reason, to be honest with you. Like in my opinion, <sighs> I say it's arguable that we get rid of free free centre half this this summer. I'm, I, you know, I wouldn't be averse to getting rid of three, at least three of them, because. And
5: then Ben Davis will play uh, left centre
3: back. It's just because, like, I like, at least I see some potential and youth in Tanganga, even if he hasn't played. I see some potential and youth in Joe Rodon. I feel like a year out for Foyth could be something that we could maybe look at, but I just feel like now the damage has been done. And it's been redone for Alderweireld, Sanchez and Eric Dyer, And I just feel like the writing's on the wall for all three of them. Because the fact that Mourinho can't find a centre-back pairing out of three of those who are fully fed internationals in the Premier League worries me. It it properly worries
4: me. Yeah, I must admit, I will say an apology. Last week we had a very short debate and I was going on about Alderweireld being our our best centre-back. But he's proved himself as not as not. So, do you know what it is? Yeah, we're not blessed with centre backs, so it's it's, 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 it's are <laughs> not we're it? not <laughs> we're not we're not. So it's a fair debate, but yeah, he let he let really let it down. I mean, it's so difficult to come out here and say Toby is still one of our best centre backs when he puts in a performance like that. He he looked lost the whole game. He looked lost the whole game, and I mean to concede five yeah, against a side who are average, it's like at home hmm.
0: nice.
4: you got, and, and then you can't you can't consider Toby to be the talisman if he's allowing that to happen. And those comments regarding Batongan being the one that sort of glued us all together it's is so is so true. Alarmingly so as well. Um I mean I've still got stocks in Sanchez though. I know he's not I know he's not popular on his pod, but I've still got stocks in Sanchez. Um I wonder I wonder if one day somehow Sanchez and Dyer can have a can have a combination that works. I think if we're gonna, if we're gonna. You have seen glimpses of it. You
3: Just know what the, I mean? That's the maddest thing. If we're gonna see a, feature- okay, like, okay, sorry, sorry, teach. Go do on. you trust them? Because like the thing about defense, defense, you see, is that like I always think there's, there's like one or two factors that you need to take into account. You need to be able to trust that one, they trust each other, and two, each individual trusts his ability to do what he can do. So if we look in the past. I always trusted in Toby's ability to make very good passes. I trusted in Vertonghen's ability to be able to be on the front foot as a defender. And I trusted, because they were both Belgian and playing regularly together, that they could play together. Do you trust Sanchez? Do you trust Dyer? Do you think that they can actually positively work as a defensive pair in Tottenham?
5: I trust that partnership more than I trust any partnership that involves Toby out of the world. And I will say that I will say that with pure confidence because Eric Dyer is going to shout when somebody needs to get back and help. He is at least going to communicate on a basic level as a professional centre back. Like he's going to do that. And as 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 has already been stated, when Sanchez played next to somebody who was a communicator in Tog- in Yamba you saw him play to a level that was befitting of a Premier League centre-back. So I would trust that combination of players with that combination of skill set to be more solid at the back than a guy who's going to do his work. Toby's always going to do his work, but when he makes mistakes, nobody knows when to cover for him because he's just gone about his business. When they make a mistake in front of him, he doesn't go back and cover, cover their space. He just gets on with his business. Like he's very much an individual at at the back, like, and it doesn't make him a bad player. I'm I'm a massive fan of what he's done over the course of his career, but at this stage in time, he is the weak link in the partnerships of what we have at our disposal. And it might sound crazy, but the proof is in the pudding. He is the most experienced, but when he plays, we look progressively worse.
3: No, oh, I hear that. I hear that. I hear
4: that. So oh. I teach. So I teach. No, no, you're, you're, you're both right, man. I mean, it's Dyer, Excuse the pun. <laughs> 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 no, no. I, I, we need to sort it out. and We need to sort it out fast. The, the issue with Sanchez and Dia being a pairing is that's going to take at least a season to get right. And we don't have that time. So it means that we look to the transfer window to make a difference again. Um, you know, within, and then you go ask yourself, you know, does Rondon still hold stocks of us? What did he come here to do? You know, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, maybe we need to change it and just do this free at the back thing long term and and see how that works. But right now, as a recognised back four, we're not we're not in a position where we can challenge for anything. Um, I think I think. Did we touch on Winks? I can't even
2: remember. I'm, I might just be vexed trying to touch the <laughs> no, it again. No, but we haven't. We haven't touched on it <laughs> yet. Uh, cool, cool. Let's let's yeah, load, let's let's load up. Let's load up. Let's set the scene. So, um, it's been a crazy match. You've you've heard the the last half an hour or so of what we've been talking about. So it's been a crazy match. Um, I think um I think Sai say you actually set the scene quite nicely. So Deli is on the pitch it's not looking great. We haven't got any control of the pitch and and what Delhi needs right now, what the whole team needs, I guess, is a bit of control. So Mourinho is trying to give us what we need and he brings on Harry Winks. Um, Owen, I'm sorry to draw you out, but you've got to you give me the mindset of Mourinho. What's he thinking at this moment?
6: Well, I believe Ben Dombele had a knock um, and he needs a rest as well because he's such a key player for... For the Man City United game, we're, we're ultimately not going to progress the ball against Man City unless we have Van Dombelen. Let's be honest. So um, I'm, I don't know what the results or the outcome was uh, was of that knock, but um, it was said that he he went off injured and Winks came on for some fresh legs to to carry on exerting control. That was that was the purpose of the substitute anyway. Uh, after that, I don't remember anything. So <laughs> I, I plead the fifth to anything else, and I'm gonna be ordering my <laughs> FA Cup sixth round key ring, oh, after we get off the podcast. And I'm oh, gonna, man. I'm gonna be a happy boy. I mean, that's my plan. Like, I know he's your boy side,
3: but boy, oh boy, he looks done, man. He (laughs) looks done like him.
5: No, you're going all head
3: first. No, he looks done The him. The reason I say so is because, like, for a player who has now really become a squad player, I just feel like the drop in his level from what he once was to the level that he's playing now is, like, it's quite significant. And the one thing that I always used to like about him was that he used to have, some redeeming qualities about his game. Very good technically, very good at keeping the ball, ball retention, and he used to put it about a bit. But these aspects of his game that we used to recognise him for, this is a guy who's played more than 100 games, I suppose. He's Tottenham through and through. I just don't see it in him anymore. And unfortunately, like, in the maddest of, of events, his half an hour was probably one of the worst half an hour I've seen any Tottenham player play this season. Like, it was terrible. And it was weird because not even for the mistake where he took a heavy touch, which, was, which preceded the goal that was conceded, the fifth goal. But I watched him in that sort of extra time. And there were lots of different times that simple things, he just wasn't getting right. He was being muscled off the ball. He was making incorrect decisions in terms of his passing. He just didn't see at the races, and, and it seemed very frustrating because this is someone who had come on fresh at the 90th minute, and he didn't cover himself with any glory. And like to be honest with you, it's frustrating because like you have a different sort of issue with Sissoko, but I just don't know where Harry Winks goes as a Tottenham player. I, I, I look at him and I just think, where do you go from here as a, as a Tottenham player? All right,
5: so seeing as you drew me out a little bit there, I'll, I'll give you my rebuttal because for me, it was a terrible cameo and that's fine. It's not fine, but it's fine by me in terms of sometimes you're going to be shit. Like the best players have those moments in terms of what Harry Kane's is or Harry Wink's long-term future at Spurs is or what his role is. It is very firmly a squad player. Again, we, we, we've seen this throughout our squad guys. Guys who are meant to be backups and who are able backups often get shifted into starting roles for Tottenham Hotspur and overstay their welcome in those roles. We saw it with Trippier. We've seen it with Davis. We've seen it with guys like Sanchez, even. We've seen it with Dier in various iterations. We've seen it with, did I say Ben Davis, Sissoko? The list goes on. Do you get what I mean? Like The lamellas of the world have had spells of starts. For me, of that whole bunch... Harry Winks is the only one that ever deserved it, ever deserved a spell in the team, because he's shown on the highest levels in starting teams that he can be proficient. We've never revisited the systems that suit Harry Winks. I was going to say never, that. Yeah. We've never really found a balance with Hoybier and Dombele and Winks to where Winks can even play in the role that he prefers. So for me, Freireman in extra time in a game that's already chaos and asking a guy that's been clearly had his had his confidence stripped from him by finding himself out of the team and having a few high profile mistakes. Of course he was gonna be shit. Of course he was gonna be shit. Because we were shit as a as a team and he's been shit for a couple of weeks now. So it was no surprise for me. I think it is harsh to say that he doesn't have a Spurs future. I just think we need we need to shuffle the pieces a little bit and maybe Commit to giving him games in in cup competitions and and really like making him a firm squad option as opposed to having to lean on him throughout the course of the season.
2: Can I can I let me jump in quickly? I think one of my main problems with Winks at the moment is I don't know what he's trying to do um, in terms of how how he like what is his philosophy? What's his style of play? What, what role is he playing? A lot of the time. I, I really don't know where he's trying to fit in. I feel like he's trying to change his style a little bit. Um,
4: yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and I just don't know which direction he's going with it. Um, personally, I, I feel like there's a big difference in the winks where I used to say, or that I used to say that he definitely is, is, is the um, the next big, no, not the next big thing, but I mean, like, in terms of a Spurs youth player who's going to be playing at a... a, a, a um, playing at the, the the top level it's going to be Winks. That's why I thought he's gonna be like our next sort of product. Um and I think it's really unfortunate that maybe that role in the team doesn't exist for him anymore. When I say I don't mean he doesn't have a space in the team. I mean the role that he was good at, um, which was for me maybe it was a bit more sort of like being available in the middle, keeping the game ticking. Um, being, being sort of moving around off the ball, making sure that some, he's, that someone's always got a pass on. And if he does get the ball, maybe he could play a quick one forward or a quick one sideways, whatever it was. But he seemed like he wanted to keep the game ticking. And it just feels like we, we don't play like that anymore. Like we never want to hold the ball anyway. So he, he doesn't get to play to his strengths for me. And I don't know if anyone else sees that or if anyone could tell me like where you think he's trying to be. Like where where is his future going to be like? What does he want to do at
3: the moment?
6: I'd to reinforce right. that like under under Pochettino, sorry, teach. Um, oh, obviously there there was just a clear plan, very very detailed plan of um, let see how we progress the ball, how we look to get on the ball, how we press, how we counter press. And Harry Winks is someone who, for me, I I've played in this position numerous times in my life as well. Who who likes to just follow and. Follows those rules and that's his kind of playbook as a as a kind of register in the team uh, to coin the term from football manager. I'd liken him to kind of that Jorginho type who he he does have the passing range as well to like as well as keep things ticking over. He can break lines with his passing. He can play forward thinking through balls. Like I remember him getting a couple of assists just from quickly taking free kicks. Like he's a progressive guy, but he needs to get into that rhythm of following the rules, or he, in in his mind, his rules and that playbook of how the team's trying to play in in a detailed fashion. So let under Mourinho now, he doesn't really have a real set of rules to follow. I think Mourinho, like you touched on there, uh, he's looking to now be a kind of more robust box to box type player. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when when a player is in the middle of reinventing himself, there's a period of of suffering. I think Deli Ali's going through similar where just before he started getting his injuries at the end of Pochettino's tenure, he was mm-hmm. looking to operate as a deeper midfielder. So when you're reinventing yourself in that way you, you are gonna suffer for a, that suffer a while to make those mistakes to make that adjustment. Um me, I, I see Winks's future still playing his old role under Pochettino, um or the role that he did play under Pochettino, um and as a squad player for us, but like you said as well I don't think that role is in the team and so as I think if Mourinho gets kept on next year um, which, I mean with the wages he's on, it, it's quite likely then I would expect Winks probably to look to get first-team football somewhere else, where where that role is for him.
4: Yeah, Harry Winks's future, I can summarise in two words, that is Tom Carroll.
3: <laughs> wow! <Hello>. <laughs> Tom <laughs> I said it. I said it. Yeah, I I think it shot my doggy. I said it. Take like teacher, little. yeah. I Jeez. said it, say it. like that. I said it. Well, that's oh. that's, uh, that's a throwback. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as saying Tom Carroll. I wouldn't go as far as saying. I just feel like I just need to. See, I need to see the qualities that we all we all know he has. I need to see those qualities. And yes, absolutely, he's devoid of confidence. Rhythm is definitely out, and obviously as well his role, like the style of player he that he's been. And the style of player that Mourinho employs his midfielders to be there's a bit of a mismatch. I, I do get that. And yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you do get games at that level where you just have an off day. Um, I just really want him to kind of question what he wants to do at Spurs moving forward. like Because you can either be a absolutely solid squad player where you put in a performance X, Y, Z times of the season, or you're going to be a bit part player who doesn't really give a shit and plays wherever he plays, does a decent job and keeps it stepping onto the next week. Um, I know like people talk about, about like squad players wanting to push first-team players um, so that they can get into the first team, but I don't know. I look at him and I don't see him being that type of mentality where he's thinking, what can I do to try and get, I don't know, Tongi out the team? What can I do to try and get La Chelsea? What can I do to try and get Um, Hoiberg out of the team that's why I'm always like okay what is he going to do moving forward because next season we're going to have Skip coming back in my opinion and we're probably going to look to maybe improve on the Sissoko with maybe a Sabitzer or whoever we can get in that sort of central midfield so then he then gets pushed further down the pecking order and then I'm thinking okay then if this is the case what what are we doing moving forward with him that's more my mindset. I'm, I've never been downed on, on his qualities. I think he has qualities. But yesterday, it just drives home some of the like the ill feelings that I have. Like, now that we have players like Tongi, now that we have players like Hoiberg playing regularly, Lichelso playing regularly, you know? But
4: that, that, that's why I say he's a Tom Carroll because you look up our midfield at its best. And, okay, cool. A squad player, I can understand the decision-making process behind that and I can get the fact that he had some glory days under Poch, where he was sitting next to Zoko and, and kept the ball ticking. That's cool, but that's not what we need. That's not what Tottenham Hotspurs need right now. Tottenham Hotspurs need players like Ndombele and Hoiberg. We don't need Harry Winks. It's the same as that's anyway. I don't want to bang. I don't want to bang on about it, but he's not. He's not doing anything for us that we need right now. Like we Every time we talk about Harry Winks, we're talking about Pochettino. We can't
2: leave it fast. We you can't know what? It. Do you know what I think um I think I think very good points have been raised on winks and like um I feel like what we're talking about right now is like how I guess how circumstances have affected um like the second string sort of members on our on our team um and how I guess their futures are gonna go. Like are they are they looking to push on, are they looking to push into the team? And, um, just to kind of pivot slightly to the side, I think it'd be interesting if we touch on, like, um, maybe what the current circumstances do to maybe the people on the top end of our team. People like, um, Kane and Son. Like, how, how is Kane feeling at the moment, in your opinion? Like, um, there were some interesting conversations earlier today, um, across the Twitter, across the social medias, um, that led to sort of a poll where, we were talking about legacy, um, and in particular, the legacy of Vardy and Kane. And, I mean, I think the the context was, regardless of what legacy means to you, I think it was who who has the bigger legacy at the moment. Is it Kane or is it Vardy, in your opinion? Um, I've got some strong opinions on this, so I'll, I'll let some of those go first.
5: Mate, just a disclaimer, if anyone wanted to see me rattled, you should have seen... <laughs> me on <laughs> Oh my god. I was I was hot. I was hot. And neither neither one of the perpetrators are, are on today. Uh, but I'm smoke. You know who you one. are. Name names name,
3: name,
5: name names name names. Name names. Them boys, them uh, boys or formerly boys. Look, I mean there was
6: uh, there was obviously a lot of debate and um, a, chat. a lot of valid points raised from both sides, and as someone that's leaning to like leaning, not fully off the fence, but leaning towards the other side to your uh, side and yourself, Zira. Uh, I think um, Thompson T. shall Probably agree with you both as well. So I'm happy to play devil's advocate for this, but I, I I just want to start by saying I I I don't correlate a player's talent towards their legacy. Um, I would just argue obviously I feel like winning a huge title is a big factor in how people and even that like, players themselves see their legacy and um I I disagree with one point like a lot of people were saying that like, our oh, people kind of bring up this argument and dig out Kane for stuff like this because uh because it's Tottenham like I feel like Harry Kane's someone that puts this pressure on himself um he's spoken about it loads of times he idolizes. Uh, Idolises is Tom Brady, is that his name? Super Bowl yeah. serial winner. Yeah. 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 And this guy is one of the goats in his sport and I think that's where Harry Kane wants to see himself. But obviously he needs to win titles and again I, I do feel like he still can win a title at Spurs. However at this current moment in time he hasn't. Vardy was a key member of winning that title at Leicester and obviously that was his breakout season in the Premier League. Um, so he helped them stay up the season before and he was a key figure in that too. But he played a more per- peripheral figure in the in 15-16 the season. He scored a lot of clutch goals when his team were against it. He broke Van Nistelrooy's goal-scoring record for consecutive games. I can't remember how many it I was really, in the was end. It was, it was like 11-12. Yeah, it was plus. 12, yeah, it was 12 yeah. Well, scoring a lot of important ones on the way to winning that trophy. And he's stayed at the higher level since. And this is going like five, six years, consistently being one of the leading Premier League strikers. Harry Kane has, I think he, I'm he, i sure he has more goals. Um, Harry Kane is the
5: um, premier league goal scorers of all time. Yeah. He's the only player that gets mentioned in the same breath as Rooney or Shearer, who are number one and number two. In terms of potentially catching them, he's an England captain. He's scored in mm-hmm. every level of professional football, whether that's domestic, European, and international, and has a record that rivals literally everybody else. School of Spade a Spade. You talk about Harry Kane. You talk about a world-class player. You talk about James. You speak about a good goal scorer. That to me is the end of the conversation.
6: Because. I would say Vardy's world class. Um, He's not world class. As a
3: striker. As a striker. Wait, wait, wait.
2: One quick question. One quick question. Just one question, though. How come Vardy doesn't need to leave to go and get more trophies? If he is world class, why is Vardy allowed to hide at Leicester? That's what I want to know.
6: I think he went to—I don't know why—but he wanted to join Arsenal. Um, and I think a lot of teams just don't want to take him on now purely because of his age. Like he, obviously, he came into high-level football late. I think he—I can't remember how old he was um, during that fifteen, sixteen season. But by the time Arsenal was signing, I'm sure he was already thirty-one. I think he's what thirty-four now. So I mean I can't imagine um there were sniffs that Atletico Madrid were interested, but again, like, I think they would have just passed up on him because of his age.
5: In terms yeah. of in terms of his legacy, the most impressive components of it, and it is very much a Hollywood blockbuster type story, is moving through all the divisions of English football and capping it with a with a Premier League title. Albeit the most random fucking unmitigated Premier League title we've seen. So it's like it's not a discredit type of thing it's great in its own right but to pit that against somebody who's vying for all time greatest English striker type reputation mm. for me is a little bit farcical it's like if Harry Kane did have a premier League title we wouldn't be speaking about him in the same realm as uh, a flipping Jamie vardy we were putting we'd already put him in the conversations with the unreason them man really I'd virtue so, with the fact that his talent befits that conversation so for me it's, it's, it's a non non-starter but when it's brought up you address it and you keep it moving
6: mm i get it. i think it's where that that's how subjective legacy is as well like you can perceive yeah. legacy in in different ways and i attribute it i lean towards kind of what you've won as well as obviously the goal records and where your stature is in world football at the time um I just think as as it currently stands, when when people look back on legacy and again like <laughs> it depending on how you define it, I'm looking on current status, looking back in ten years, I think Vardy is Vardy's is gonna stand out just that little bit more.
2: Uh. Let's um. So I think Cyan si, si owen Owen, you, you, you it you hurts to say. I've actually got a office. stitch saying that. But <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right,
2: let me ask. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give two scenarios now about legacy. Yeah? Harry Kane's legacy specifically, um, yeah. and I want you to take one each in it. But what does Kane have to do to cement his legacy? A, if he stays at Spurs, and B, if he leaves Spurs. In fact, is there a difference? I don't know, but um, he wants to go first. Just pick one of them and go.
3: When you say his legacy as a Premier League striker or as a striker, hey, for me, he's he's thirty already. Like I I, keep this.
2: I think yeah, he's. Talk, I, I find it hard to have this conversation because I think the only reason you can talk about saying, for example, oh Harry Kane needs a Premier League, is because you know he's amazing. Nobody's saying that like. Nicely. Do you
5: know what I, I mean?
2: Nobody cares about anyone else. It's that simple. Nobody's saying Calvert Lewin needs a, a Premier League to be in the conversation with Vardy. Like, you just don't care about Calvert Lewin. And I, I think Calvert Lewin is really good. Don't get it twisted. Like, I even think he's in the conversation with Vardy. I just don't think either of them are in the conversation with Kane. For me personally, what you achieve as a team. Like, if you win a cup as a team, that's all great, if you get what I mean. But I don't think that takes away from your ability as a player or your legacy as a player. I think there are players that, um, like, I can't think of a single player on earth that could win a Premier League and then I start thinking, oh, actually, he's good. I I would have to see them first, like, even Kante. I didn't care about Kante. It's not that I started caring about Kante because he won a league. Cared about Kante because he was killing it at Leicester. Then they won the league. Do you get what I mean? It's, it's, those are the things that mattered. Okazaki, why is nobody bringing in? Up? He, he won a league. He won the Premier League. Mm. No one cares. I think that's what it is. Like, people just bring... For me, this is the whooping stick. People just want to beat Spurs with it. Like... Do you get what I mean? Stay in your pace. You guys need a trophy. But again, I think from Kane's point of view, maybe he sees it differently. Maybe he sees that he needs a trophy. So, I mean, if Kane stays at Spurs, does he need to get a trophy to cement his legacy? Does he need to get the goals? Like, what is it? And if he leaves, what
3: does he need to do? So a hard question, I think. I think I'll kind of, like, give, like, both. I think, like, first of all, I think he cemented his his name as a world-class striker so that whether he leaves Tottenham or not... I mean, if he was to leave Tottenham tomorrow, there would be 10 teams that would want to sign him. So I think his legacy as a world-class striker has always, is always going to be there, especially in the Premier League, just because of the pure... the pure, like, the volume of his numbers based on how long he's been in the Premier League. I think at Tottenham... I feel like when you're talking about what he needs to do, it's kind of conflated because the time that he's been at Tottenham has been similar sort of time that we haven't won a trophy. So, you would just think any trophy would be enough for him to cement his legacy at Tottenham because it's probably been X amount of years since we have. But, I feel for him to be up there with like, the, as we said, Dion Rees the Roonies, them man, I, for me it has to be a Premier League purely because everybody knows the importance of being a player that can lead a team or that can be the front man for a team over a 38-game season. And that's the only reason why I feel people are, are like trying to even bring Vardy into it. One, because Vardy was in a team that wasn't expected to win the league, but two, his role in, in that winning season was so vital. You take Vardy out of that team, do they win the league? Based on how everyone else played? Maybe not. Maybe yeah, I think
4: that's fair.
2: that's fair.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. I'll start with by saying for Harry Kane to further cement his legacy, he if he stays at Spurs, I agree. I think he'll need to take home some silverware. I'm not 100% sure that it needs to be the Premier League, but it can't be some dead trophy. It needs to be some some still were of calibre. If he doesn't stay at Spurs, then I think all he needs to do is just secure himself as the um Premier League best best goal scorer. So beat the likes of who is it, Alan Shearer? Um Shearer yeah. with two sixty. And what's Kane on? Two hundred probably something? He's
3: something on one one fifty six
4: One fifty
5: six, yeah. Like
3: In like two eighty games or something like that? Or two
6: Shearer did also win the league title. Sherra <laughs> <Did it? laughs> left,
2: left to win this one, didn't he? Or did he win at
4: Newcastle? Uh, he, he, win, won, he won, he
6: won a it at Blackburn black black yeah. And
4: then went to his local team. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's hundred percent vital that Kane has to win the Premier League in order for him everyone to unanimously say he's got a fantastic legacy. I think if he does the Premier League goal record, which I think he's got his eyes set on and is very, very achievable for him, um then I think that's enough in my in my in my opinion to take it beyond contention. Um, I guess it just begs the question: Does he stay at Spurs? I mean, to be honest, if if you take the view that Harry Kane needs to win the Premier League at Spurs for him to cement his legacy, then realistically, that's got to be done soon, because he's only getting older, and do you know what I mean? Like. You mentioned Tom Brady earlier being someone that he idolized is. Like he he'll recognise that internally and just think, you know what, if it's not happening here, it needs to happen somewhere else. That's my biggest worry. Um and then we start all over again. So yeah, I'm blessed if Harry already, that whole Jamie Vardy, Harry Kane argument, yeah, for me that's a joke thing anyway. Nah man, I can't I can't even talk too much on that one. But for me, yeah man. He needs to, he needs to he, he needs to, he needs to, he needs to carry on scoring his goals, get, get, beat Alan Shearer and then I think there's, there's no, there's no, there's no debate. There's no
6: question. For me, I just want to say as well, I do think Harry Kane has an exceptionally good legacy. I think he is currently still great. I just think for it to be, for it to be generational, mm-hmm. it, I think like one of those big titles, whether it be Champions League, mm-hmm. Premier League, whether it be an international trophy of England, that can plateau him to being that that kind of goat status for his time striker.
5: But that and that to me is the defining factor. We're we're basically saying in order for him to be amongst the goats, these are the things he needs to do. So he's if if we were to checklist all the items, like say say this is like your created character on FIFA or some shit. You go your checklist. You make your first start you score your first goal, you get to the landmark goals, you get the golden boot, all of that shit. He's literally done every single one of them. Mm. except win titles. If he adds titles to what he's done, England captain, golden boot winner in the World Cup, numerous golden boots in the Premier League, scoring records in the Champions League in terms of reaching goal, goal milestones in the quickest time and all of that shit. We're talking about all-time great striker. So, I don't want to hear nothing about Vardy because he's hardly in the conversation for the best in the fucking Premier League, let alone the best of his era. So, it's like... Yeah, that's true. That's that true. Shit, man. We're talking that's about true. a potentially all-world, all-time great talent versus Jamie Vardy.
3: totally <laughs> 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 No, no, I totally, totally hear what what's I said. I totally hear it, man.
6: Same. Like, it is a good point. It is just one of those things where, like, it's it is it's a rich thing to say. Like, oh, this is what I expect him to do for him to be seen in a certain way. But I mean, again, like, I think this is how he would describe it himself, and that's how he would see himself. And I think if you would ask him, you know, how would you want to cement your your legacy to be that high, 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 high status as a striker? he would say he would want to win a huge title as well. So it it's one of those things. Yeah,
2: no, agree. Definitely agree. And, um, yeah, just keep us up on, on the uh, Spurs, the Spurs Touchline Twitter as well. If you want to get involved in the debate, um, it up the poll as well. I think I think Sai's got like a farm, click farm working. A <laughs> <Yeah, no.
3: laughs> few bots on the job still. Um, on the some on
5: Bitcoin, some on um, <laughs> hurry legacy votes. Just
3: saying.
2: <laughs> so nice man. Yeah. Um make sure you follow everyone on the socials. Um uh catch up on the Discord as well when we've got the live games. And yeah, we we'll see you guys next week. It's been a Great show, sure, man. Take
0: care.
4: Bless
0: you. Take again. care. Best. <laughs> on debut, Tomoe Onomori has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Let's take you out of the way. Lucas Moura clips it. A goal! Steven Berbine has arrived in Old London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Sports Social Podcast Network.